It's time for the best and brightest moment of your week. It's time for that show you love and that show that you seek. It's time for nonsense. 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 The show. The best damn show you know. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Captain Nick. This is Nonsense the Show, coming to you live from the Firelight Manor in Sacramento, California. That's right, we are here at Nonsense Sound Studio. It is dark, we have green lights in the background. Um, and to be honest with you guys, normally I have um, at least some effort put into this show, at least preparing myself mentally, physically, um, my environment, making sure that I'm ready to go to give you guys the best possible show I can. And unfortunately, um, tonight I just didn't get that opportunity. Um, I put some prep work in earlier, I put some prep work in the other day ago, blah, 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 all that. But um, I didn't, today I didn't spend those couple hours because I was at the vet with Toby. We just got home a couple minutes ago. I had time to feed him, let him go outside to use the facilities, if you know what I mean, little doggy poops. And, uh, and then um, I went ahead and used the facilities myself and then came and sat down and we're freaking ready to go. Um, I got a new tripod set up so my phone is not just sitting on my computer. Hopefully Facebook Live can hear me well enough. Um, and really what's going on right now is, is, is our plan is, is, is just to, 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 to make the best of this and, and do the best damn show you know. Um, 22 episodes in. That's what I'm talking about. A couple people watching on the Facebook Live. Scott Cullard, how you doing, man? The captain is live. I like this guy. I like you. I like the work you do. I want you to keep it up. You inspire me. You motivate me to get out there and rack hard. And uh, that's pretty awesome. Brad Kashak tuning in. Vladimir, obviously. And my idiot brother. Shout out to my idiot brother, Kevin. Hello, Kevin, you idiot. Oh, look, Toby Bark, too. Toby says, what's up, idiot? Um, my little brother, uh, who's much smarter than me and um, much more talented, and he's got a drone, so that's cool. Um, he's getting married soon, so that's pretty exciting. Everybody wish Kevin a happy marriage. Making the biggest mistake of his life with the coolest chick I know. Um, you know, hey, I know. We know lots of cool chicks. It's true. Um, at this point, I guess Toby would like me to let you guys know that, as always, Nonsense the Show is brought to you by the campaign to elect Toby the Wondermutt to the governorship of the great state of California. If you're sick and tired of the usual type of politician, if you're sick and tired of the lies and the BS and the shenanigans, Toby the Wondermutt is your guy. The only shenanigans he gets up to are the cute kind. Vote for Toby when he barks. Woof, woof. People listen. Nico Grizzly, R. Welcome, brother. How you doing? Hope you're staying safe out there. Uh, Vladimir says, shut up, Toby. That's kind of rude. I don't know if you guys heard, but he let out a little bark when you did that. Um, <laughs> all right. So there's my preparation. Um, I was gifted some books. I was reading through those. I had some cool stories I was going to do some research on and, and give you guys some, some information about famous last stands. We're going to talk about five of the most interesting and uh, exciting famous last stands in the history of the world pretty exciting. Um, unfortunately, I didn't do the research, so I only have brief notes, so we're going to skip that. So we're going to talk a little bit more about writing tonight. I'm going to answer some questions and tell some stories based on what you guys requested on the Facebook post I put up earlier. And uh, and then I'm going to read you some, uh, some chapters. And we're going to fill as much time as we can. Um, if I can get a half an hour show in tonight that is entertaining, enjoyable, and worthwhile, I'll feel successful. And then I can move on with my night. I can go eat some 
delicious homemade pot pie, and I can eat a, a big bite of my brownie. I can take a nice hot shower, and I can think about all those beers I'm not gonna drink. God, I wish I could drink beer tonight. Holding out till April, and then I'm probably gonna get my drinking back to uh, something of a regular, uh, <laughs> regular schedule, if you know what I mean. Um, okay, so let's see. Vladimir's gonna tell Brad. Don't care. Kristen's here. Hi, Kristen. How you doing? Oh, he's going to tell Brad because his wife is flirting with me on the Facebook. Hey, girl. Um, tell Brad. See if I care. Whatever. All right. So earlier today, um, I posted a video and I said, all new nonsense coming tonight. See you at six-ish. And uh, I, I gave you guys, I had a whole bunch of people liking the post. And basically what the post was, was me asking for you guys to give me topics and questions and comments and essentially help out with a little bit of material for the show. I didn't have the opportunity to prepare, so I wanted you guys to prepare for me, right? You guys do my work so I don't have to. And, uh, and, and at first, what I was getting was a bunch of people liking it and nobody typing anything, which completely eliminates the purpose. I appreciate your likes very much, but your like doesn't help me. It doesn't answer the question. It doesn't help me create a show. You know what I mean? So, thankfully, uh, with just a little bit of prompting, I gave people a couple of options. I said, here's how this should look. Hey, Cap, love the show and would love to hear you talk about blank. Your show is garbage, but I keep listening for some reason. Tell the story about blank. Blank is all over the place these days. What do you think? Pick one, pick all, fill in the blank. It's easy. That's, I mean, that's all you got to do. It's just like that. And then I'll find a way to talk about it. Seem fair, right? Okay. So here's what we're going to look at. Um, the first thing that pops up on the list is Mr. Michael Johnson. Shout out to Michael Johnson all the way over on the wrong coast. <laughs> Mr. Johnson wants to know... Uh, three of my most memorable police academy moments not involving the fire academy. <laughs> um, so for those of you that aren't aware, when I went to the academy um, 10 whole years ago here in Sacramento, I went to the Sheriff's Academy and we shared a facility with Sacramento PD, Sacramento Fire, and Sacramento Metro Fire. So at any given time, there were at least four to eight academy classes going on on that campus. Um, so, you know, occasionally it got a little bit hectic. There was a lot going on. Um, all right, three memories from the, from the police academy that, uh, that stand out for me. Okay. <laughs> Let's see what I've got. Um, you know, I had, I, I looked at this earlier and I immediately came up with a whole bunch of good ones. And now that I'm trying to come up with some, I can't. Um, I'll tell you what, the academy, and I'm going to come up with more, but this is just the first thing that comes to mind is the academy is the first place I ever heard the phrase shit ticket. S-H-I-T, ticket, um, referring to wet wipes in the bathroom. Um, and in fact, some of the people that may have been the, the people that exposed me to that term are, are listening to the show here tonight. Um, other memories from the Academy, let's see. There were, hmm, we had a guy, and it was the, like one of the first runs we did, and it was like a mile and a half, which felt like a ton to me. Like it was too much. Oh, God, I was so fat and out of shape. I mean, I am now too, but I was then as well. Um, so we did this run, and I remember it was, again, it's, it's you know, these a lot of this isn't, I hadn't spent a lot of time doing things like this. I had been on sports teams, but nothing nothing of this nature. Um, and it was the first time I had ever seen someone's nipples bleed as a result of running. So we went on a run on like an August morning, and we did like a mile and a half, and we come back, and this poor guy, I guess it was cold enough, and his poor nipples were hard as he was running, he was excited or something, and the chafing just rubbed him bloody. So he's got like tear drips down from his nipples. The poor guy looked like he was lactating blood. Um, 
He didn't last too much longer in the academy. I can't remember what happened, if he dropped or if he flunked out or what, but he didn't make it too far in from, from what I recall. Um, and let's see, another memory is obviously sharing a, uh, sharing a locker with, uh, sharing a locker with Mr. Brad. Um, my locker mate was a, uh, he was an army vet and uh, a big, loud, boisterous bastard um, with big old ears. He's got giant ears, this guy. I mean, like Will Smith-level ears. But he's also Will Smith-level handsome. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I'll leave up to you. But hello, Brad. Miss you, pal. Uh, especially missed you at the, uh, at the reunion. Um, I know I wasn't supposed to tell everybody, but you, you really shouldn't, shouldn't have said all those horrible things about our class. That was hurtful and rude. It just wasn't very nice. Um, all right, what else? What else? Let's see. We had, uh, we had a pretty cool group of RTOs. Decent group. One guy in particular I really liked, Mr. Mr. Uh, we'll call him Danny. I don't want to drop his last name on the air. Um, Danny, though, uh, was a shitload of fun. I was scared to death of him at first. And then as time went on, he, of course, lightened up. He got cooler. He got more mellow. He kind of gave us a little bit more slack because we had a lot more to offer. And I will never forget the day. And, and, and if I remember right, it was the deputy district attorney was in there giving us some... Uh, some long, boring lecture about case law or testifying or something else that was very important but felt very dry and very boring. Um, and uh, <laughs> Brad chiming in doesn't appreciate us talking about his ears. If you don't want us talking about your ears, you shouldn't have such great looking ears. I didn't say I don't like your ears. I just said they're big. They're big ears, but they're nice. And I like you a lot. And listen, if it makes you feel better, I'll nibble on your ears just like I used to in the academy, all right? Um, so one day we're, we're in the, we're in a classroom. We're all fighting to stay awake. I'm assuming it was after lunch, you know, the post lunch fucking coma. And, uh, sorry, parents, if you got kids in the room, put your headphones on. It looks like I'm, I'm using salty language tonight. Um, so we're all in there and we're all fighting to stay awake. And, 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 uh, is up at the, up at the, the DA is up at the podium doing his thing. And, uh, <laughs> here comes Danny walking into the room with his yellow, uh, yellow training shirt on. And he walks right up the center aisle, right up to that podium, and he stands in front of it. And without missing a beat, he does a standing jump, a standing high jump, and lands on the top of that, uh, on the top of that podium. And we were all like, "What? You know, you're fighting to stay awake. Next thing you know, you got freaking Tigger over here jumping up and down on on things." Um, and that became kind of a theme. He he made it his his mission to jump up on top of as many things as he could throughout the course of the academy. Um, I remember we were doing a, a training day when I was pushing squad cars with somebody else, God knows who. Um, so we're on the back of the car and we're pushing it, you know, pushing it across the, the grinder and doing our thing. And and uh, and Danny's right there and he's yelling at us and he's walking. So I'm on the passenger side of the car on the bumper, right? And Danny's right next to me and he's yelling right in my ear, rah, 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 you know, motivating me, keeping me excited, keeping me going. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and as we're standing there, and he's yelling, he's yelling, he's yelling, he's yelling, he's right in my ear, he's right in my ear, he's right in my ear, and next thing I know, he's on top of me. He's on top of me. This man had done a standing long or a standing jump onto the top of a moving vehicle. Now, it wasn't moving very fast. I was the one pushing it, so you know it wasn't moving quick. But it was still a moving vehicle. He did a standing jump uh, up on top of the trunk and never once missed a beat yelling at me. That's pretty impressive. That's some impressive stuff. I appreciate that. Um... And I think my favorite story of him jumping on things was near the end of the academy. We were doing a PT day, physical tra physical training day. Um, we had passed most of our tests, or we had finished preparing for them, and we were all kind of just like taking a breather. And uh, so the uh, the instructor said, all right, here's the deal. 
for PT today. We're going to go ahead and bring in a training film. So get up in the large mat room, get formed up, and we'll bring the, bring the thing in. So um, if you remember grade school, you remember one of the best things in the world was when the teacher wheeled that big old cart with the TV up on top, strapped down, right? They would wheel that cart in, and then you got your TV there, and you knew you were watching a movie or a film of some sort, so you didn't have to worry about, uh, about anybody talking at you. And uh, so... We go in there and we sit down and we're waiting and we're waiting and here comes a TV screen and we're all like, oh man, what the heck is this going to be? What do we got going on here? So they bring in, um, they bring in the screen and we sit down and he hits play and Danny goes, all right, watch the video and then we'll move on to, uh, to our training exercise for the day. So play and uh, do, 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 do. here comes this black and white old school, looks like a World War II training film. What? The hell is this? Turns out it's the training film from the movie Dodgeball. <gasps> what? Yeah, that's right. A bunch of piggies in training. We all grouped up. We ganged up into teams, stood across the gym from each other, and we spent like two hours, whatever the heck our PT that day was, throwing balls at each other. So <laughs> we're doing our, our dodgeball game, and it's getting hot, and it's getting heated, and people are running all over, and I'm getting pegged with balls because I'm a slow, fat kid, and that's what slow, fat kids do. And, uh, and Danny... And we're waiting to start one of our rounds. And Danny, of course, was playing because he's a big kid, too. He's not going to miss out on a chance to play dodgeball. And uh, so we're all back on the wall waiting. They got the balls lined up on the center line. The other, the other team's on the other side of the gym, and they're all standing there. And so you got your one hand back. You got your one hand back on the wall, right? And you're reaching out, and you're ready to go, and you're ready to go, and you're waiting, and you're waiting, and you're waiting. And <laughs> so here comes Danny, right? He sets all the balls, and he comes running back, and he decides he's going to show off a little bit, right, before we get going. So he goes ahead, and he goes to do one of them uh, one of them jumps up a wall where you where you step up on it and you push up right, and he's just gonna try to touch as high as he can, and it's very impressive, uh, very impressive, and uh, <laughs> so he jumps up. He's got a good standing jump, as we know, and he jumps up and he puts his foot right through the freaking wall. <laughs> and of course, there's that momentary freeze of broke it and he plays it off he's, he jokes that he's going to blame it on somebody else nobody tell the sergeant and we moved on with our day but um just goes to show why well, you should never try to climb a wall in front of a bunch of trainees <laughs> i'm sure i'll come up with some more academy memories as uh, as we go down the line if uh, if you guys in the comments have anything good you just uh you just let me know and we will, uh, we will go from there. Looks like there's a conversation about catching going on in the comments. I'm not going to worry about that. We're going to move on down the line, and we're going to look at some more questions. Thanks, Ben Rossini writes, Hey, Cap, love the show, and would love to hear you talk about your Best Lover Award. Oh, I would love to talk about my Best Lover Award, Ben. Thanks for the question. Um, so those of you that are Chivers, those of you that are familiar with my work with the Chive, may be familiar with an event in San Diego every spring called Effin's Epic Meetup. And it's, it's, it's what the Chive does best. It's a charity party. Shout out to Ron and Rebecca, everybody with Chive on California, Chive on San Diego that sets that up every year. Um, so what it is, is it's a weekend long charity event. Uh, we'll go out there, raise money for a specific cause. I think the, this particular year was Lucky Pup Dog Rescue, uh, uh, an animal rescue down there in, in San Diego. And <clears throat> we, uh, we typically get down there on a Friday, drink a little bit, have a good time. And then on Saturday, wake up, lazy morning, get a little breakfast burrito. And then you go down to the beach, go down to Mission Beach to a place called the Wave House. San Diegans and San Diego visitors may be familiar. 
So you go down to the Wave House and you get yourself set up. I'm usually wearing my pirate coat and my American flag bandana. Get yourself a double fist of, uh, of, of Hurricanes or Mai Tais or any of those. Um, Facebook Live, I'm sorry. My mom was trying to call me. Um, forgive me for interrupting the Facebook Live. My mom was trying to call. and um, Normally I would answer my mom's call, but the phone's all the way over there and I'm in the middle of a show and I really don't feel like breaking my flow. So I will call her back. Um, sorry, mom. Love you lots. Um, so we go down there and we go to the wave house and we basically spend the day. We spend the morning there drinking and, and carousing and, and, and rough housing and, and, and generally just making a nuisance of ourselves. Um, so this particular year, we, uh, we go down there and, and we've got a pretty, pretty good crowd, pretty big group here joining us doing the thing. And eventually we leave the wave house and we go to another bar just down the way whose name I can't remember. But it's the official chive bar of, of San Diego. It's essentially what they got the chive flags out front. It's right down there by the beach. And uh, I saw Matt Milano out front. You guys may know Matt Milano because he's the artist that created the work behind me, uh, as well as two others that I have. He's a phenomenal, phenomenal guy. If you're in the mood for uh, or in the market for some custom artwork, reach out to Matt Milano. I'll give you his contact info. Tell him the captain sent you. And who knows, maybe he'll give you a big hug. Uh, he won't give you a discount because... Uh, you don't get a discount on good art. That's just not the way it works. Um, Jesus, the phone is... Okay. Um, so, <clears throat> go down to the Wave House. Saw Matt, saw Matt Milano outside. We went inside. And here we are. So now we're drinking. We're having a good time. We got about... I got at least half the bars just full of us. Full of our people. And I notice, after a little while, uh, Jeff Bellow. Jeff Big Hugs Bellow, who you've heard on the show. Episode number five, I think it was. Uh, Big Hugs Bellow was there. Uh, as well as Justin Cody Haynes and a few others from, uh, from Bakersfield, from all over the state. And Jeff was trying to get the room's attention. Hey, hey, come on. But it's loud and everybody's roughhousing, you know, and, and he's not like super, super getting out there about it. Um, so me being me and me being kind of experienced at getting the attention of, of large groups of people, um, I go, hey, why don't I get their attention for you? So <clears throat> I clear my throat and I put on my big boy voice and I shouted, hey, whatever the bar's name was, Chivers. Pay attention, Jeff Bellows got something to say. Well, little did I know, little did I know, but Jeff Bellow was trying to say something about me. So I do my thing, I step out of the way, and I allow the man to, uh, to step up, and I see him holding a trophy. I've got it downstairs, I should have brought it up, but just imagine there's a trophy right here in my hand. And the little plaque on the front says, Best Lover, B-E-S-T-L-O-V-E-R, Best Lover. Right? So he holds this thing and he's got it and it's very exciting. And he gives this whole speech. I've got it on video or someone's got it on video. I'll have to see if we can find it. If you have that video, post it up and tag me. I'll play it on the next episode of Nonsense. Um, so he posts the video. Or so he, he, he gives this big speech and, uh, and he presents me with an award for best lover. So of course I tie it off with the, uh, the multicolored lay I was wearing and now I've got myself a pendant. Uh, a big old baller chain, you know what I mean? But, you know, my style. So I wore that thing around for the rest of the weekend, proudly telling everybody that I'm the best lover there is, and now it holds a place of honor on my uh, on my treasure shelf. So uh, I love that thing. Absolutely love it. All right, before we move on, let's tune in and we'll catch up with the, catch up with the comments, see what's going on. I can't, I can only read four of them, so I guess that's all I'm going to get. Um, all right, next question. Your show is garbage, but I keep listening for some reason. Tell the story about the day you got Toby. I'd love to tell the story about the day I got Toby. So flashback, it's 2011. 
um, like October-ish. No, yeah, October-ish. Um, I was uh, in a relationship at the time, living with a very wonderful, wonderful woman. And uh, we, were, uh, we were in the market for a dog. I had, I had gotten hurt, and we had had this, you know, the lots of talks back and forth, back and forth about whether or not it was a good idea, whether it was... Uh, the right thing to do, but and and in the end, what we decided was that having a dog would probably be very good for me. It would it would help me uh, stay motivated, help me heal up, all of that. Um, so we had fostered this little dog for a little bit. Uh, I can't remember her name, Peanut, something like that. This little dog, and she was cool. You know, I was never really a little dog guy, but uh, this dog was cool, and she was small, and I could handle her, and so it was it was a good situation. And and uh, so we said, all right, let's adopt this one. So we wait a couple weeks, only to be told, nope, someone else is going to take her. Shit. So we were pretty, we were pretty bummed. We were pretty, uh, uh, pretty dejected about the whole situation. And we kind of, all right, let's take a step back. Let's relax a bit. I was dealing with a lot of, a lot of medical, uh, medical visits. I mean, several doctor's appointments a week kind of thing. And, uh, and so I was, uh, I think it was a Monday. It was a Monday. I was going to a doctor's appointment after work. So I'm sitting in the parking lot of this doctor's office. And I didn't want to go because I knew I was going to be waiting an hour and a half before I even got in to see him. So I'm sitting there and I get a phone call from Leslie, uh, my girlfriend at the time. And she says, hey, check your email right now. Um, I'm filling out the application, or I'm, I'm writing an email and filling out an application. If you think it's, he's good, I need you to make a phone call and call these people and tell them we're interested. Okay, now I'm intrigued. So I pull out my email, which at the time I still had on my phone. And I look at it, and it's this picture of this tiny little furball mud with these floppy little ears and uh, just the cutest little bastard you've ever seen. Look like a little German shepherd. And uh, so I texted Leslie, and I go, I want him. His name was Big Mac. So I call up the, the people, real nice people. This uh, Dusty Paul's Pet Rescue out of Castro Valley in the East Bay. And uh, really, really, really great people. And so we reach out to them on a Monday, fill out the application, tell them we're interested, send them a separate letter, an email saying, here's who we are, here's our story, here's what we're all about, blah, 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 blah. And they got back to us, and on Wednesday, they decided to come up and do a home visit. They said they had 30-plus people apply for them, and uh, ours, for whatever reason, stood out, so they decided to come and take a look. The house was great. There was no problem. So they said, all right, we're going to leave them with you. We'll give you a two-week um, a two-week." sleepover is what they called it, essentially to make sure that we were compatible, to make sure it was going to work, and to give us both that out of if it's if it's not comfortable, if it's not working. He can go back to them. He'll be safe. He'll be you know be able to get into a good home. It's all good. So we spent just a couple minutes with him before they left. And uh, as soon as they left, I looked at Leslie and I looked at Toby and I go, he ain't going anywhere. That's our dog. And sure enough, that was it. I mean, he and I were inseparable and we've spent the better part of every day together ever since. Um, and I, I gotta tell you, I mean, I, and I'm actually overdue. I really need to, uh, um, <clears throat> I really, really need to, sorry, I was reading the comments, uh, trying to catch up, see if there's anything good on there. Um, I really need to write them and give them an update. Let them know what's up with Toby. Let him know that he's a politician now. He's the governor. Let him know that he, uh, he survived and held his own and, and, uh, and fought back real good against a vicious pit bull attack. Let him know that he loves kitty cats. He's, he's been battling the sack squirrels. And, of course, that he's been taking great care of his daddy ever since. Um, I think they'd be real proud of, uh, of, of how this old boy's turned out. 
General Tater's all over the place these days. Mormon, gay, Hillary supporter, and so many more. What do you think? Well, I think General Tater really needs to learn how to log his Facebook off while he's at work. Um, it's an easy thing to do. Um, he's just lucky he doesn't leave it logged on here at home. Because then we'd really be in trouble. Adam Boyer wants to hear stories. He said he's horrible at filling out things and following rules, but stories. Don't worry, buddy. I'm going to read you uh, probably two chapters of... Uh, I'll probably read you two chapters of the pirate story tonight. Uh, just because uh, because the last one got cut out. So that's what we'll do this evening. Deborah Rodriguez checking in. Hey, Cap, love the show and would love to hear you talk about your favorite place to visit. Huh. That's a tough one. Where is my favorite place to visit? I've been to a lot of places. I've done I've done a little bit of traveling, and I've had the opportunity to see some cool places and meet some cool people. And um, my favorite place to visit. I'll tell you what. If if I had to pick a place to visit right now at this moment, you're leaving right now. Um, I would pick Austin, Texas. Um, there's a lot in Austin that I love. There's a lot of people in Austin that I love. There's a lot I want to do in Austin that I haven't had an opportunity to yet, and I just I haven't had enough time to get down there. So. I would love to. Uh, I would love to get down there. Turns out there's some cyberbullying going on in the comments of Nonsense the Show. Mister Vlad Emir is getting bullied mercilessly. It's too bad. Stand up for yourself. Come on now. Um, your show is garbage, but I keep listening for some reason. Tell the story about the day you met Kayla. The day I met Kayla in person, or the day we both right swiped on each other? <laughs> because I do actually remember getting the. Uh, confirmation. Oh, you've got a match on Tinder. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I didn't think I had one of those. And I looked at her and I was like, oh, wow. She's gorgeous. Seemed cool. All right. Started messaging, talked for a little bit. And it was, it was good. And normally uh, I'm really bad at Tinder. I don't, I don't like the app. I don't like, uh, don't like the conversations. I don't like the attitudes people have. It's, it's just, it's a miserable experience. Um, but with her, it was great. We had very easy conversation. It wasn't anything deep or crazy, but it was nice. And then we lost touch. Uh, a little bit later, she tracked me down on Instagram, and we she checked she uh, sent me a message to check in on me after something. I can't remember what it was that was going on, but she was just like, hey, I just want to say hi, see how you're doing, make sure everything's all right. And uh, from there, we just we just hit it off. Like, it just went well, you know? And uh, within a couple of days, she said, hey, I'm going to be out in your area uh, visiting my brother. You know, is it cool if I swing by and say hello? I said, hell yes, I would love that. So she came by the house, and of course, I'm... Uh, I'm super nervous about it, and I'm super, uh, oh, I'm anxious, and I'm very excited. Oh, I'll make sure I do a good thing. And, and uh, she shows up, and it was comfortable, and it was easy, and it was, it was just natural. It felt good. And uh, I think she had a good time. I mean, obviously, she came back, so, so it must have gone okay. <laughs> um, and, and from there, it was, um, we, we quickly began talking, talking, uh, talking every day, and texting a lot, and uh, we're having a lot of fun together. So I think she and I are both uh, very much aware of the, the challenges and the stresses that our relationship is going to have due to, due to my health issues and, and you know, the circumstances of my life. But uh, I think we've got a, we got a good situation going. I think we've got a good foundation, and, and we're doing things the right way. And uh, so we're going to take it one day at a time. We're going give it, to give it, give it everything we got. Um, I think we're both all in. So I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. <clears throat> Hello, Kai. We definitely need to get me back to Austin. November. November is what I'm hoping for. Green Gala. Vladimir, did you have to ease her off the roofies real slow? No, no, no. No roofies necessary. She tried to give me some, though, but I told her, I said, no, thank you. I've already taken some. <laughs> Water is all over the place. What do you think? Well, we've had a lot of rain. 
Um, for those of you that, that have been following the news here in the Sacramento area, the Oroville Dam is, uh, is currently at risk. Uh, tomorrow the clouds are supposed to come back, and Thursday the rain's supposed to come back for at least eight days, a relatively heavy, uh, heavy downfall, downpour. So it's going uh, to be interesting to follow, um, to follow all that. It's going to be interesting to see, see what happens. I hope everybody's safe. Um, obviously the evacuation order's gone crazy, but it's, uh, it, it makes me feel good um, that I've seen so many of my people um, and so many just people in, in the community reaching out and trying to help. <clears throat> whether it be churches or temples or community centers or just individuals reaching out and giving evacuees a place to be and giving them a home and giving them, um, you know, giving them some of those comforts while they're evacuated and, and displaced and stressed out and trying to figure out what the heck's going on, you know. Tater would love to hear me talk about something that's picked up my spirits lately, no matter how minute. What has picked... So... Um, as you guys know, I have been fighting a pretty, pretty heavy downward spiral the last year plus. Um, there have been bright spots, but for the most part, it's been a lot of down. And the last six months or so especially have been real rough, real, real bad. Um, so anything I can find that makes me feel good, that makes me feel happy, that makes me, uh, that makes things feel a little easier, um, is something I'm going to jump all over. So what lately? has made me feel better. What has picked my spirits up? There's a couple of things. Um, one thing that I'll, that I'll tell you is, this, is the, what I'm going to do as soon as I finish this show. Uh, I'm going to get the show uploaded, then I'm going to go downstairs, and I'm going to go into my fridge, and I'm going to pull out this fancy dish I've got sitting on my top shelf. I'll pull that out. I'm going to cut me. Uh, well, there's no cutting that, but I'm just going to take out the two pieces of pot pie, and I'm going to eat two pieces of homemade chicken pot pie. Um, and we're going to talk about Kayla again, because I like Kayla a lot. I've got a lot of good things to say about her, so I'm going to give this one to her. So uh, I mentioned on Sunday, hey, what should I, what should I, uh, what should I have for lunch today, Kayla? What do you think, baby? And I was just looking for McDonald's, Chinese food, go get a sandwich, whatever. Mm -mm. This incredible, incredible woman. Her response was, "Want me to just make you something?" Excuse me, what? So she gave me a bunch of options, and all of them sounded good. And 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 then a couple hours later, she came to my house. So I got to see her. I got to see the kids. Those those two situations made me feel really good, made me happy. And she handed me this freshly made uh, chicken pot pie. Oh. And I I was gonna wait. I was gonna I was gonna, oh, okay. I'll wait. I'll have it for dinner. I don't want to. I don't want to eat it all right now. Nope. I ate half of that pie for lunch. <laughs> It's a big pie, a full-size pie. Um, so I got some homemade food. I got some vegetables uh, in there, you know, some 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 carrots and, and all that. And it was just good. The homemade roux, um, which I didn't, I, I had forgotten the word roux until it was brought back up to me. She made the roux homemade. It was just, it was so good. And it was, I mean, the pie itself was incredible. But the thought and the act behind it and the care and concern that went into it, um, well, it really meant a lot to me. It still does. Um, it's a very big deal. So I appreciate that a lot. What else has made me feel good, General Tater? Well, I, I went out to the back deck and 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 I set up <clears throat> I set up my little folding table in my rocking chair. And I have been um, I have been spending at least an hour or two a day sitting out there reading and writing and really trying to get myself back into this routine of creating and working and writing and all that. Um, so, through that, I've been able to write the first three chapters, 
4,000 pages or so, or 4,000 words or so, rather, pages, 4,000 words or so of a children's book um, that, I, that I am uh, I'm writing about an elementary school super spy. Um, and I'm writing it for Kayla's son. Uh, he was the inspiration for it, so my goal is to get one book done, 30-ish chapters, I'm going to call it, um, done in time for his birthday. Lots of time, but and then I'm gonna I'm gonna put it together and shop it and see if anybody will buy it and see if it's uh, see if it's something that's worth reading. But it feels good to be writing again. It feels good to be creative again. It feels good to feel that to feel that fire as a writer and as an author to to put words on paper and to create to create worlds and to create characters and situations and stories and things that are that are gonna resonate. So um, while a lot of the stuff I write nobody ever gets to read. I'm hoping this one is one that you guys will get to read, and hopefully I can finish some of these other things and and uh, and 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 put that out there. You know, tell the story about your favorite experience as crush. My favorite experience as crush. So for those of you that aren't aware, um, many many years ago and several several lifetimes ago, I was a young baby-faced college boy, uh, learning how to drink with the big boys, and I joined myself a fraternity. I was a scholar, athlete, leader, and gentleman of uh, the Pi Kappa Alpha fraternity Theta Tau chapter here in Sacramento, California. Um, I was very proud to be a Pike. At the time I joined the Pikes, we were uh, like eight or nine members strong. We, they, they were eight or nine members strong. They took in a pledge class right before mine of like six guys, and, uh, and then I came the pledge class after that. So 20 some odd people by the time I got in, but it was mostly military, law enforcement, fire, you know, first responder or military focused people. Um, and we were, we were a fun group. We were a rambunctious group. We knew how to drink. We knew how to, we knew how to take care of each other. We knew how to work hard. We put on some good events. Um, so it was a lot of fun. So at the time I was known as Crush. Uh, and it was Crush the Pike. And that was that was me. You know, there was no captain at the time. There was not a whole lot of Nick. It was it was mostly just crush, just crush. Do I have a favorite experience as crush? I would probably say intramurals. No, not intramurals. Greek week. Greek week of two thousand five. Two thousand six. Must have been two thousand six. Was before I came into the before I came in the academy. Whatever. Greek Week. Greek Week was where there's a whole bunch of athletic events, and then and then the big event is this big like choreographed singing and dancing competition. It's lip synced or whatever, and you put together all this stuff. And so we spent like several weeks in advance meeting up on parking structures and putting together these secret dance routines and these big entertaining numbers, and they were hilarious. They were. I wish I could find some videos of it. Um, but being a part of that and watching a bunch of my brothers and my buddies get dressed up like ladies and singing songs and doing choreographed dances, which was stuff that was so far out of our comfort zone and so far out of our, our norm and our world, you know? Um, and it was just a ridiculous, uh, silly, silly experience. Um, so that was really fun, you know, but I think the best thing I got out of being crushed though were some of my friendships. You know, I, I talked to one of my old frat brothers the other day ago about, about making my rum. Um, I talked to one guy last night, unfortunately, for some negative, uh, some bad news that we got. We don't need to talk about it here. Uh, but, uh, you know, there, there's, there's, a, there's a handful of these guys that I'm still in touch with, and we're still close friends, and, and I still very much appreciate them. And uh, so, yeah, being crushed, was, being crushed was pretty damn cool. 
Memories from past experiences are all over the place. What do you think? Where should we go next? I don't know where we should go next. Huh? I am uh, I am at a point in my life where right now I'm trying to get stable. As soon as I can get stable, hopefully I can really build and 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 get into some some good shenanigans again. And um, you know what does get stable mean? Get stable means um, track down some reliable, stable extra income. Get stable means getting this house in order so that my home and my environment and where I spend most of my time, I don't leave the house much. Um, I need to get this house in order. I need to get this house clean and functional and repaired. And, um, you know, gotta 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 get uh, ten years worth of damage that I that I began um, erased. Um, <clears throat> so getting stable right now, getting Toby healthy keeping my relationships up, making sure my friends are in good places and all my people are doing well. Um, I've got books I'm writing. Beard and Bones is going to be coming back. Um, the potential for Captain's Curse Rum to be a thing. Um, and uh, one more piece of good news that I'll share with you guys. Right here. I got an email today that I've been waiting for for quite a while. I'm just going to go ahead and open it up, but I'm not going to get real close. But that, that big headline right there. Agreement between the Sacramento County Sheriff's Department and Nicholas Potorf to provide instructional services. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. After several months of hard work by people that are not me and several months of waiting by people that are me, um, I have now got in my hands a contract to teach uh, paid a paid teaching position uh, with the County of Sacramento um, doing the work that I'm doing um, and that I have been doing. And so um, it's, it's, uh, it's a very good, very good thing. I'm, I'm pretty thrilled about it. So that's, uh, that's my good news. That's what I got going on. My dream vacation spot just by myself, Mr. Johnson. My dream vacation spot, if it's just me by myself, is on the open road. I want to be driving. I want to be out there. I want to be on my own. I want to be rolling and cruising and doing my thing. Just just wandering. Um, if I had to pick a place to be doing that drive, probably Utah. Probably Utah. North to south, south to north, I don't care. Let me get through Red Rocks. Let me get up there in the Black Hills. Uh, not the Black Hills, but up in the hills up in the north end of the state. It's gorgeous. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. I love it. That's all the questions you guys provided, so that's good. And so now we're going to move on to... Um, we're going to move on to a fun... Oh, Dropping stuff everywhere. We're going to move on to a fun little piece of fiction that I worked on several years ago. I tried to tell you guys this story last week, and unfortunately my feed cut out. And now there's two of you watching, so um, the good news is you guys will, uh, will really enjoy this. So I'm going to read this to you now um, so that, uh, so that it's, it's, it's down for posterity. We're going to go ahead and do two chapters... Maybe. We might do two chapters of my pirate story. I'm going to read them to you. You're going to enjoy them. And uh, we're all going to be happy. Yes? Yes. Okay. So as of now, this is an untitled Captain Nick adventure. To give you a rehash, this was a story that I wrote over the course of seven days. Um, including people from my crew as characters. So my goal was to take... Members of my crew, my friends, my people, and include their personalities, include their traits, uh, their character traits in these characters so that they're recognizable. And in, in some ways, at least flattering. I didn't want to offend people, which is a challenge. So, 
I wrote it. I found it. I'm going to read it. 39 minutes into the show, we might even get an hour out of this. Holy hell. Here we go. <clears throat> More rum! Why the fuck can't a man get another glass of rum in this shithole? Clearly, he'd had a few rums too many, but Captain... Pardon. Former Captain Nick wasn't a man to be trifled with when he was in his cups. He'd surpassed even barrel of rum Jeff hours ago and showed no signs of stopping. The tavern, keeper and it, the tavern keeper and his serving girl stopped going near the table after his fourth cup in favor of handing the drink off to whichever junior crewman happened to be standing nearby. After throwing two rosy-cheeked young sailors through a window, he found himself with an empty mug and nobody within arm's reach to punish for it. He stood over his table seething with drunken fury and noticed a small gnarled man coming towards him through the hazy gloom of the tavern. Candlelight, smoke, and dirt made for a powerful atmosphere when combined with the stench of unwashed pirates and their various hangers-on. The gnarled man showed no sign of noticing the stench and was, forced, uh, was focused solely on reaching the captain's table. He stood at least a short, foot shorter than the pirate and was clean-shaven, a stark contrast, a stark contrast to the larger man's bearded, scowling visage. His head was covered with a deeply hooded robe, and he didn't move to reveal anything. The stranger sat down heavily and gestured for Captain Nick to do the same. Towering over this intruder as he did, Captain Nick considered crushing his skull like a grape. Something in the stranger's demeanor stayed his hand, though, and he sat down slowly, never breaking eye contact with the shadowed recesses of the man's hood. Who are you and what do you want? I'm a busy man with no time for games. A dry, cackling sound, which must have been a laugh, croaked out of the stranger as he sat forward and gently placed something on the table. He withdrew his hand and left the object sitting there, plain as day, on the scarred and rough-cut wooden table. Where did you find that? He pondered aloud. I thought it lost for good. I've asked you once and I won't do it again! Who are you and what do you want from me? Why do you bring me haunted treasures from my past? The stranger remained silent and placed a folded letter on the table. He stood up and slowly left the tavern without acknowledging the presence of anybody else in the room. This left the bearded pirate perplexed and befuddled. He knew he was drunk, but he didn't think himself drunk enough to hallucinate. That hadn't happened in at least a month, and he'd required a very specific concoction of rum varieties to produce that particularly odd result. He considered his options as he stared at the two items left on the table. A folded letter, standard size, steel, sealed in red wax in the shape of a crown. And a small metal anchor, about two inches long and one inch wide. It showed signs of age, as if it had been exposed to many storms and plenty of burning hot sun. The letter, of course, was the easiest mystery to solve. All he had to do was break the seal and open it up. The anchor, though, was a deeper puzzle, to be sure. He'd thought it lost in the murky brown waters of the Oak Island pit several months before his fall from grace. Prior to its loss, he'd had it tied to his wrist for several years, a reminder of one of his greatest adventures. Captain Nick was jerked out of his memories by the scraping of a chair and another strange-looking man sat down in it. This one also brought gifts. These much more welcome in the pirate's eyes. He reached out for the bottle, ripped the cork out with his teeth, and spit.
spit it out. A deep pull off the bottle brought a grateful grin to his face as he sunk back into his wooden chair to savor a fresh bottle of rum. Spanky, what on earth took you so long? I was nearly mad with thirst. Oh, calm down, you big baby. You need to quit acting like a tavern wench and pretend to be a pirate once again. People are starting to talk and my reputation is bad enough without you going around making an ass of yourself. Spanky wasn't his real name. Most folks on this island had no idea what his real name was, and he liked it that way. Spanky and the captain went back further than most. Far enough that he could remember a time when the scruffy, drunken pirate was a clean-shaven member of Her Majesty's Navy. An authority figure of sorts, you might say. They both agreed that the life of piracy was a much better fit for Captain Nick. There were few held in closer confidence to the captain than that skinny, mustachioed buccaneer. What did that creepy hooded git want? Was he luring you into a life as a brothel wench? The captain merely sighed through another swig of rum and stared daggers through his friend. He leaned forward to push the letter across the table. Spanky scooped it up and expertly opened it with a dagger, managing somehow not to break the seal. A skilled Captain Nick was as yet unable to master. Never seen this seal before. Sure is a strange crown. Four points, shaped like mass. Some kind of Skull on the front? I do some asking around for you. Now what could this letter say that's worth so much mystery? Captain Nick scanned the room while Spanky scanned the letter. Everything was proceeding as normal for a busy night at the Black Patch Tavern. Pirates drinking, dancing, dicing and fighting. Wenches serving and stealing, swooning and singing. On any other night, it would be a perfect atmosphere for a pirate to engage in the kinds of debauchery all pirates are fond of. Tonight... After the stranger's visit and the gift of his long-lost anchor, the captain was perplexed. He could no longer focus on hell-raising, his mind a-whirl with the possibilities presented to him. Hello, Earth to Captain! Earth to Captain! Have you heard a word I said? This letter is everything we've been waiting for! Ugh, I'm sorry, Spanky, I was miles away. I didn't, didn't hear a word of it. Give me the short version. What does it say? Spanky folded the letter, slid it back towards his captain, and made a simple reply. Adventure. Booty. Glory. We need to assemble the crew. Now! Captain Nick was shocked into speechlessness. What? What did, what did, you, what did you say? I don't have a crew. What? Standing up and leaning across the table, his face aglow in candlelight. Rum on his breath and mystery in his eyes, Spanky said. Do the words Pirate King mean anything to you? They set off immediately in search of... Well, Captain Nick didn't quite know what they were in search of. He simply knew Spanky was dragging him down the cobblestone streets of the Barbary Coast, muttering names and locations to himself while keeping an iron grip on the captain's wrist. Normally, this wouldn't bother him so much as he would simply follow the tide and make the most of what it, wherever it took him, as was his manner. This instance was different, though, and causing him a great deal of consternation. You see, when Spanky grabbed his captain in a hurry to rush out the door, he grabbed onto the wrist attached to the hand which happened to be holding the captain's brand new, barely drunk from bottle of rum. 
Being dragged as he was, it was impossible to draw the bottle to his lips and taste the sweet nectar Neptune himself had bestowed upon all of pirate kind. He attempted to bring it to his face. Uh, his, mm, he attempted to bring his face to the bottle while keeping pace with his fleet-footed friend, but only managed to stumble and nearly smash himself beard first into the muck-filled street. Fearing both sobriety in a crisis and severe facial injury, Captain Nick planted his feet and yanked his arm free of his fellow pirate's grasp. He stumbled backwards and only just managed to maintain his balance and what was left of his dignity. Spanky stopped in his tracks and spun around to see why they had stopped. He'd been moving so quickly that he was already several paces ahead before he was able to come to a, come to a pause. He took three quick steps and urgently whispered while looking around for eavesdroppers. Why did we stop? We have to go. Captain Nick held his hands up and explained his confusion. I have no idea where we're going or what you're muttering about. I don't know what the Pirate King has to do with my anchor or that weird guy, and I have no idea what that letter is about. Explain yourself, or at least move at a pace slow enough for me to drink my rum. Spanky sighed in irritation and explained in slow, short words. You have received a letter from a mysterious stranger with a description of a key to a certain very special, very valuable chest containing a certain very special, very valuable trinket, which grants the finder of said trinket status and riches beyond any of our wildest dreams. That key just so happens to look very much like that weathered little anchor on your wrist at this very moment. Said letter also contained a passage dealing, detailing where we can find a map to said chest. Have I made myself clear? Uh, yes. Quite. The captain wasn't totally clear, but he'd gathered enough to know that his anchor was the key to some valuable booty, and Spanky knew where to find a map to the booty. A good pirate never passes up a chance to pursue booty, and so Captain Nick took a great swig of rum, swept his arm out, and spoke eloquently. After you, Mr. Wanker. Spanky turned on his heel and strode off down the street towards some unknown destination. Captain Nick happily sauntered after him, a humming a shanty and sloshing rum into his mouth. Their walk was a short one, as they ventured only a few blocks before turning into a dark alley, down a short staircase, and into an underground room, decorated like a strange church. There were pews and an altar, candles everywhere, and air tinted with the sweet scent of incense. Things differed from St. Martin's Cathedral on the other end of, uh, of the wharf, though. Small things such as the depictions of a holy figure being a gentle-faced, golden-haired man with a sly grin and a twinkle in his eye. A literal twinkle in the eyes of every single depiction. Captain Nick leaned in to investigate the photos and statues, but couldn't figure out where the twinkle came from. The only logical explanation was some sort of magic, which seemed completely ludicrous even to a drunk man uh, at the limits of his sanity. Who, in this modern time, could possibly believe magic was real? Ridiculous. Spanky was completely oblivious to the glistening gleam coming from the dozens of eyes and was directing his full attention to a simple doorway near the back of the room. With magic on the brain, Captain Nick could only stare with mouth agape as the door opened of its own volition and a billow of thick, white smoke poured out of the opening. With arms spread wide and a smile shining on his face, the golden-coiffed man wearing flowing white robes and a green sash stepped forward and greeted Spanky like a long-lost friend. Greetings, my child. Welcome to the Prophet's Palace. Who have you brought into my presence? 
Hello, Pan, my slightly inebriated companion. Mm, hello, Pan. My slightly inebriated companion is the formerly illustrious Captain Nick. Reduce now to the stinking wretch you see before you. We've come to you to request assistance with an adventure unparalleled since the Golden Age. The prophet smiled the type of smile that leaves you wondering whether he is scheming against you or amused by what he sees. Either way, his charisma and magnetism was disarming and hard to comprehend, given the captain's lack of sobriety and the events swirling around him. Captain Nick, I've heard your name before. What brings you to my temple tonight? Is there some way I can be of assistance? The captain drew himself up to his full height, squared his shoulders, and attempted to stop his swaying in an effort to present himself as competent. As a competent, respectable pirate. His efforts were in vain as he let slip a belch of magnificent proportions, strong enough to rattle a nearby chandelier and force Spanky to take a step back. Prophet Pan showed no aversion to the wobbly-legged, rum-soaked pirate's behavior and simply laid a steadying hand on his shoulder before speaking again. Don't worry, Captain. Your reputation precedes you, and I would be honored to participate in whatever adventure you're embarking upon. Simply tell me what you need, and if it is within my abilities, I will provide it. No matter what, you can count on my presence throughout your journey. Why would you help us without knowing even the first detail about what we've stepped in? What could possibly entice you to leave the comfort and safety of this palace for the danger? Soggy socks and poor rations we're sure to face in the weeks ahead. Who are you? That, enigm that enigmatic smile creeped across the holy man's face once again. His reply was simple and seemed to broker no further conversation on the topic. I am the prophet Pan, and I am tired of being indoors. Incredulous stares from the captain and Spanky amused him as he waited for them to speak. Familiar with the prophet in his odd ways, Spanky broke the silence. We have received information which we believe will lead us to the Pirate King. A valuable trinket has returned to its rightful owner, and we believe the time is right to embark upon the quest as set down in the code so many years ago. This is a quest worthy of my holy company. You certainly haven't come here simply to ask me to join you, though. I haven't much to offer a quest of that nature. What can I do to help? Spanky glanced at Captain Nick sheepishly and waited for the signal to continue. Having received it, he turned back to the prophet and spoke quietly. We have, a need, we have need of a ship, provisions, and crew. Captain Nick's misfortunes have left us stranded here and unable to embark upon our quest. We were hoping your powers of persuasion and your connections in town might be able to guide us in the right direction. Have you, had, have you any idea where to find these things we need? I have no ship, and provisions are beyond my financial means. But I do believe I know how to find this final item on your list. I believe I have just the people in mind. A smile broke out on the captain's face as he danced a quick jig while clapping his hands and whooping a delighted cheer. The prophet knows where to get a crew. I'm going to be a proper captain again. Prophet Pan held up a hand to settle the pirate celebration. I don't think it will be quite as easy as you think it to be. You, and you alone, will have to convince them to join your cause. Now where should we start? What day is it? Spanky thought valiantly for a moment and spoke up eagerly. It's Wednesday. At least I think it's Wednesday. I've lost track since we stopped sailing. 
Stroking his stubble thoughtfully, the prophet seemed to come to a conclusion. He clapped his hands together with a loud finality and took a long stride toward the doorway. Come, gentlemen. We have work to do. We're off to the catacombs. The catacombs? What on earth could we have to seek out in the catacombs? Spanky looked a bit worried. He'd never shared it with anyone before, but he had a slight aversion to tight, dark spaces. Certainly not a trait much sought after in the seafaring man expected to live parts of his life in the dark, cramped hold of a ship, or the many caves in which pirates were known to hide stores of treasure for later use. Yes, the catacombs. Where else would we find the two deadliest men on the island? Where else would we find the brothers Bellow? There you go, ladies and gentlemen, the first two chapters of an untitled Captain Nick adventure. Stay tuned for next week's thrilling installment where we meet the Brothers Bellow and embark upon challenges uh, that no pirate has ever faced before. Somehow, ladies and gentlemen, against uh, everything that I anticipated and against all reason and logic, we have almost made it to one hour of nonsense. Isn't that something? I hope you guys have enjoyed the show. I enjoyed it much more than I anticipated. I hope the story was enjoyable. Thank you so much for your questions. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for joining in. Thank you for listening. If you're interested in supporting the show, jump on to patreon.com backslash nonsense the show. You can jump on there, take a look, do a little reading, and see if uh, if you are, uh, are are able and willing to donate a dollar or two to the cause. Help, uh, help us pay the bills, keep the lights on, and, uh, you know, make sure Toby the Wonder Mud is fed. Um... Get on there. You uh, you can pay any amount you want for as many episodes or as few episodes as you like. You can cancel any time, and you will only be charged for between four and six episodes a month. At this point, I am I'm looking at about four episodes per month. And if I don't feel like the show is worth your money, I will not charge you for it. That is my promise to you. I want to make sure nonsense is a sound investment that makes you feel good about where your money's going to. Um, otherwise, reach out to us on the Twitter at Beard and Bones, at Instagram at Beard and Bones, at Nonsense the Show, at Sunrise Society. You can find me on the Facebook. You know where to get me. You want to get in touch with Captain Nick? Beard and Bones, gmail.com, B E A R D, the letter N, that starts my name, B O N E S, at gmail.com, B E A R D, letter N, B O N E S, gmail.com. This is Nonsense 22. My name is Captain Nick. I'm going to go get stoned and eat some dinner. Hope you guys have a good night. I know I will. Toby, how do you feel? Toby's asleep. That's all we got. Captain out. The live video is over. Ding. The live video is posted. And that's the end of nonsense. Thanks for listening.